and welcome to the Temple of Blair, episode R. That's R for Roger, for those who aren't familiar with my northern uh, dulcet tones. So this episode is a conversation with the legendary uh, photography Svengali, Bob Gruen. So Bob Gruen has an illustrious career spanning 50 years, uh, taking pictures of rock stars, um, events, uh, album covers, anything and everything to do with the music business of the last 50 years, Bob's most likely taken some kind of picture of it. Now, uh, in pertaining to at the content of our conversation, he was also the photographer for The Great Cat, roadrunner artist from 1987 through to 1991-ish. Um so we talk a lot about the great cats, but uh, the Bob's also got a book out, which came about out about a month ago, called uh, "Right Place, Right Time: The Life of a Rock and Roll Photographer," in which he, he kind of, uh, as I say in this interview, he kind of collects his thoughts and provides context to a lot of the pictures of his um, of spanning those fifty years. It is a good book. It's re- I'm not messing around. It's not a coffee table book. It's a proper reader. Um, but yeah, check it out. It's really good. And this conversation was pretty interesting, man. I, it, he's so articulate and he's got an incredibly vivid memory. Um, and it's really helped me understand a little bit more about The Great Cat. So without further ado, let's crack on with it. One, two, fuck shit up. Where are you? <laughs> I'm in um, north of England. I'm in just outside of York. Oh, York if ah. you will. Uh-huh. Where are you? Uh, upstate in the Catskill Mountains, New York. Right, right. Nice. About, 100, about 120 miles from the city. Sounds like uh, Near it. Hunter Mountain Ski Center. Oh, nice. Nice and re- nice retreat, I guess, then. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually pretty nice up here. Um, and I don't feel I'm missing anything because there's nothing going on, you know. We yeah. go in the city once a week or so. To, I have to sign pictures to send to the galleries. Luckily. Right. Okay, cool, cool. Um, so I don't want to take up all of your day, but um, I'll give you some context as to who I am and what I'm doing. So I'm basically okay. pulling together a, um, <clears throat> it's kind of like a, a docuseries, a kind of an, an academic pull together of all things Roadrunner Records. And in, in, uh-huh. in doing that, I came across the great cat and I, uh-huh. I looked a lot into the great cat and found that she's kind of, at the minute, she, and maybe even at the time when she was about, um, She's in somewhat obscurity. And when I spoke to Steve Ricardo, who was her A&R manager, uh-huh. he mentioned your name and that rung a bell with me. And I was like, well, how, did, how did this whole engagement come about? So I reached out to Carol and obviously you seem uh-huh. to remember her. But um, I, I did scan the book. I thought I'll, I'll, uh-huh. um, to see if she, she got a mention. Um, oh, no, I don't think she's in the book, right? I don't think she is. Um, but I, I will... I will Get talk a little bit about the book because when I got it, the first thing I noticed was well, it's heavy, man. Yes, yeah, it's really nicely made. It's a good heavy book because um, they used a decent paper, so the pictures weren't really you know too bad. But it's not a photo book. Um, mm. But there are two hundred and eighty pictures in it, so it's yeah. about four hundred pages. Um, and and, uh, and I could I had a good editor. He never said no to me. <laughs> It, it's yeah. cool because it's not a coffee table book and no, it's, it's a not a biography. Book. It's it's kind of like, it sits in the middle. It's like you sort of, <clears throat> it's like you, you, you took a second to turn around and look at like the last 50 years and go, Ooh, you know what? Maybe I should organize this and provide some context. And I think it reads uh, like that. And it's, 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 it retains my attention as a result of that. And I think it's really good for that, uh, that and the quality of it as well. It's a, it's a good. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I'm getting some good response from it. 
So let's just jump straight into it then, mate. So the great cat that it's so it's such an enigmatic thing to understand that uh, a man of your profile was her photographer for a time. If that is the correct way to qualify the relationship. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, we we had a, a close uh, working relationship for a couple of years. I did a few of her album covers. I think two at least. Um, and I really uh, kind of got along with it. I, 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 I'm attracted to strange personalities. You know? <laughs> um, I find them really interesting and uh, and funny uh, and yeah. fun. You know, um, the great cat was unique, and um, I don't really know the details of her history, but I know my connection with her. Sure, yeah. Um, and it started on a very busy day when uh, I spent an afternoon taking pictures of. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Steve, Steve Winwood. Okay. Um, and it was a period when he, in the 80s, I guess, late 80s, whenever it was, um, he was no longer wanted to be Stevie Winwood. He was mm-hmm. going to be Steven Winwood. And, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and it was kind of uptight on this video shoot, and right. which is usually a good place, but it, that was the beginning of when digital was getting good quality. And so, uh, video shoots were usually good because there was a lot of light and people had makeup and they were ready to be photographed. Mm-hmm. In this case, there wasn't a lot of light. It was kind of dim. And there was another photographer who was an attractive woman who got his attention much more than I did. So I had a very frustrating kind of afternoon. And I, 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 I the whole afternoon, a couple of hours of being here, I had like literally 45 seconds when he was actually looking at me and doing photos for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I came home from that kind of stressed because that evening, Yoko Ono, who was one of my main uh, clients and f- good friends um, was playing at the Beacon Theater in New York. She had been doing a series of tours. We'd been in Europe, mm-hmm. and this was like the big New York show, and it was that night. Okay. And I come home from that, and I got to switch my cameras and get up to the Beacon, and the phone rings, and I pick it up, and there's this voice yelling at me, like yelling to, to the point where you hold the phone away, and like a foot away from your ear. Like, what the fuck? Who is this? She's screaming like a Cream Magazine told me to call you up. You know, you're a photographer. I'm like, yeah, I'm a photographer. What do you know about heavy metal? I'm like, I don't know. You know, out of the blue, I'm like, uh, I took pictures of Alice Cooper and Kiss. I remember I told her, what have you done lately? I said, whoa, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I said, well, I did see me win with this afternoon. I'm doing Yoko Ono tonight. What do you want? (laughs) And she said, well, my name's Great Cat. I want something really cat-like, you know, really obnoxious. I said, obnoxious. I said, our cat used to eat raw meat. You want something like that? She said, yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. <laughs> Let's see how this goes. And then the day she came, I don't think I had met her, actually, but I knew we wanted to do something with a cat eating raw meat. Right. And I took it a little further because I live in the West Village, which now is all gentrified. But back then, uh, 30 years ago, it was still very much the meat market, mm-hmm. uh, which means at 4 o'clock in the morning, these giant trucks came in with sides of beef. Butchers yeah. would chop them all up, and then by noon they were gone. But at 11 o'clock or 12, there was these big garbage cans out front that had, literally had bones, like, you know, cow leg bones that were, like, this big, like prehistoric yeah. kind of bones. So I went up there, and I just kind of nabbed a few. I remember the guy yelling at me, and I was running down the street carrying <laughs> these two giant bones. And uh, I went to the grocery store, got some liver, some raw liver, because that's what our cat used to eat. Um, she came over, and we talked about it. She loved the idea. She loved the bones. Uh, which is probably, you know, really t- contagious with God knows what, like, you know, <laughs> but that's why they, they don't let you just take them away, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I think I had an old rug that was falling apart, like a, a throw rug, like it was a kind of a sheepskin. Right. Okay. And I really just picked it up and, and pulled, and it came in half. And we kind of taped that or glue, you know, pinned that to her bra, so she mm. had this like caveman look, you know, cave girl. So um, it was pretty heavy duty, um, and, and so we took a bunch of pictures of her like that, eating the raw meat, and mm. um, it's a great picture. I think it's the mm-hmm. cover of the album, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and she liked that so much, so that's kind of started the relationship because it worked out so well. And um, and then we did a couple more photo sessions. She would bring a band, and we'd take some pictures, and then the drummer would quit. And we'd bring <laughs> another band, and the drummer would quit. And because what I know about uh, Kat is that she was going to Juilliard, and she was mm-hmm. a uh, you know prodigy, uh, you know virtuoso violin player. Yeah. But yep. super fast. She's a very hyper person. And, um, you know, the flight of the bumblebees kind of super fast uh, violin. And I think it was and in, in the early 80s, uh, she saw MTV. I think it was Judas Priest. Yeah. It was a band that she saw on MTV that changed her life. In a three-minute video, her life was changed forever. And, um, and she was, you know, totally became a, a speed metal guitar player instead of violinist. And uh, uh, she was intense. So her fans, she actually started getting fans. And then mm-hmm. uh, the fans were called Slaves. Yep. I think the first album was Worship Me or Die. Correct. Yep. And um, and she would sit there in the photo session actually screaming, Die! Die! <laughs> That's how we got these pictures. Ah, die! <laughs> and uh, I had an assistant at the time. She made the assistant stay in the dark. And it was just me and Kat. She didn't want anybody around watching her. Uh, she, which is kind of, it, it's interesting, like people who are often, you know, very loud in public, but in private, they don't want people to see them doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, sure. Um, I remember she made Linda stay in the, in the dark room. Um, and and I, I thought it was fun, you know? Uh, it, it's, it was heavier than I thought. I, 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 I like the album cover, it's so intense. Yeah. I gave a CD to my son, who was about eight at the time, I think, no, probably about <laughs> 10, and he brought it to school. And I hadn't even looked at it other than the pictures. I don't listen to that kind of music, really. And uh, he got in trouble because one of the songs has a lyric about kill your parents. Yep. (laughs) I didn't know that. (laughs) And uh, so I had to apologize profusely, you know. (laughs) Your memory is absolutely impeccable. I did not expect that level of detail from 34. Oh yeah, thirty-three, thirty-four. Oh years no, ago. she was fun, and and the thing was, we got along for some reason. I I understood who she was, and that she was um, no different from a lot of loud, obnoxious guys. Yeah, but the people didn't accept that from a, a small, pretty girl. There's this. Yeah, um, she one... was louder than most of the big guys. Yeah, there's this wonderful moment because. I, because she's relatively obscure, there's not a lot recorded about her. But there's, yeah. um, Christ, what's it called? The Martin Downey Jr. show, um, which took place. Yeah, in- that's what it was. Martin Downey. We, I, I keep forgetting the name. I, I, I always mix it up with this other horrible TV show. Uh, I went there with her. Oh, uh, you were I there did on a couple that day? Of things. I did a couple of things with Kat to give her moral support. Because I was somebody no. who understood her and didn't, um, you know, accepted her for who she was. Do you remember what happened uh, on that day at, at the at the show? Yeah, yeah, he kicked her off the show because she she took the cigarette out of his mouth. Um, it's, uh, I think that's that's the one, right? In New Jersey, the, it's, the it's, I think it was. 
I don't know if he, she, she picks it. It's on YouTube. I'll, I'll look it up later and verify yeah. it with you. But there's just a bit where I think that the, the topic was heavy metal and the, the, tw- the yeah. basis for Twisted Sister was on the show. And they're just, oh. you know, egging him on and things like that. And then the great cat comes on, on like a podium by the audience. <clears throat> and everyone's oh, shouting no, That might've been different from the one. Um, oh, okay. Okay. Elizabeth. Yes. Remember the name of the obnoxious TV show? I went with cat. Was it more Downey? No. Uh, it was the other guy with an S, right? Uh, I forget the other guy, um, but cool. similar, like a very obnoxious host kind of dragging you out to controversy. Um, yeah. But I went with Kat, and I remember we took a bus from the Port Authority because uh, there's a bus. Downey, it was more than Downey? I'm going to pull it up. I'm going to have a look uh, at it. While I'm speaking to you, just I don't remember the podium because I remember her pulling a cigarette out of his mouth and he got so pissed off. but the yeah, thing was, uh, it now. It's so, I remember she's there shouting at him and she's just saying, look, yeah. you're intimidated because I'm a woman. And I just thought yeah. that was really well into what you were saying earlier about, you know. Yeah. Well, it was like that. But I remember um, we went, we took a bus from Port Authority. It's just, uh, just not too far, about five miles away into New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Port Authority, going past the newsstand, she stopped and she bought a handful of candy, like those Twizzlers that are just, you know, kind of plastic food with pure sugar, yeah. uh, something else with sugar, like all of this like heavy sugar candy and ate that on the bus. And when she got there, she had this sugar rush and was ready to fucking go nuts on the guy. I mean, not that she, she wakes up with a pretty intense personality, but yeah. then... After all that sugar, I just saw her eating all this sugar. I thought, like, whoa, where is this going? And then, yeah, she was, like, really on the guy, uh, yeah. like, more aggressive than he was. And he's not used to that, you know, especially from a woman being that aggressive. Um, not many people were in the 80s or even now. I mean, not like the cat is aggressive, you know. Um, there was another time that was really uh, – anyway, she kept getting drummers, and I kept taking new pictures. At one point, I, I suggested to her that she handcuff, to, you know, put a leg – handcuffs on the, the drummer to uh, chains like so it would be dramatic but chain the guy to the drum set I said at least that way he'll be there for the whole show because she was so abusive <laughs> and so fast yeah, yeah. that the drummers would quit <clears throat> they couldn't keep up with it so um, I don't think that idea actually happened but that was you know the kind of things I was interacting with her because I, I thought you know what she did was unique and yeah. um, so then the president of the whole company the one that owns Roadrunner, Case uh, the guy from uh, from Europe. Yep, Case Vessels. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the head president of the guy came to see Cat because uh, they actually liked what she was doing, but not the way she was doing it. Uh, so she played a set. She brought me along, kind of moral support, and to help explain to the guy, which was perfect because I did. And um, he, she played a set. It was good, and he said, "You know, your your music is fantastic, but we have to deal with the press, and you have to." kind of get along with him a little better. Can't you be a little nice? And she kind of looked at me like, tell him, you know? And I, I turned with it. Kat does what she does really well, but she doesn't do nice. Yeah. <laughs> I still remember telling the guy, and he was looking at me like, what? I said, she doesn't do nice. Yeah. She's never compromised. No. In that way, that's, that's, that's part of the, well, it's part of the, the brand. And then there was a, uh, she had a lot of fans in Northern Europe, like where heavy metal is pretty serious. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
And then one of the magazines had a, a Kerrang, not Kerrang, but one of the magazines had a contest mm-hmm. where you actually get flown to New York to meet the great cat. So some guy wins. <laughs> he comes to New York. And there's this like, innocent kind of, a bit subservient, but I remember him kind of being a thin, sort of tall, taller than Cat. Everybody's taller than Cat. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of thin, nice kid. And uh, and I took pictures of her, like, walking on him with her high heels, <laughs> things like that, you know, totally abusing him, uh, which we thought was funny at the time. I don't know if you get away with that nowadays. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but she was great because she was really a virtuoso. Then she did, um, what was it, Beethoven on Speed. Correct, yeah. You know, to kind of put the classical roots that she grew up with together with the speed metal that she was doing. And that's what I think is the main thing that should have been her appeal because there was virtuosos out there. There was like your Ingvar Malmsteens and, and, and people mm. like that, but no one who was faithful to the actual classical form. And that's right. what Kat was all about, about bridging that gap. Right. Um, so it's a shame she's not got the recognition that she kind of deserved because there's a lot of guitar players out there who could you could do without the posturing of certain neoclassical players and could do with just that mm. gap being bridged. Here's Beethoven Here's an arrangement for guitar that kind of has it more has more energy. Here's Brandenburg concertos in 25 minutes as opposed to 75 or however long they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is it that appealed you to the cat in general? Was it just the obnoxious? Was it just the attitude, or was was there was the idea of a classical bridge between sorry a, a bridge between classical and metal? Oh, her fans, found I have no idea. I, I have no idea. Uh, to me, it was just all amusing. Um, <laughs> You know, that uh, it, there was this pretty little girl who was just so loud and out there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I admire strong women. Um, sure, sure. So uh, I'm friends with Yoko Ono, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I find quite interesting how she reached out to you personally and it wasn't through the label. I thought it would have been like a... Um, no, she called me up. I remember that phone call. I was like, whoa. <laughs> and then I always had to hold the phone away. She talks loud. Yeah. Is, um, do you remember the, the signing party at Bebop's? When at she Bebop? Used to sign. Yeah, Bebop's 20th of January, 1987. It's where she signed with Roadrunner. And um, there's a few she pictures. She might have been already signed by the time I met her. Um, <clears throat> uh, well, you're 87. I actually had a big, I, I love Bebop. It was uh, one of my neighborhood places. They had English mm. beer. Uh, <laughs> they had like, Bass Ale on top, you know. <laughs> I hey, factory, um, um, the Bass Ale Factory is now. I had, I had a big exhibit there, but what was my exhibit? I think my exhibit was like '84, mm. something like that. '84. Because mm. I was going to say that um, if it was you at that party, which it may, may or may not have been, <clears throat> you will have had the honor of taking one of the only pictures of Case Vessels, who was, as you said, the president of the, um, uh-huh. the label. He's not a very oft photographed person. Oh, really? One of the only ones is one at that party. Uh, I don't remember the party. No. Uh, I remember meeting him at a rehearsal place where I told him that she doesn't do nice. <laughs> <laughs> so I, how long did your relationship with her last? And you said a couple of years, but it seemed to stretch into the, the second album as well, which was 1990. Yeah. So is yeah. that, did, was the engagement clearly just like Kat would ring you up on any given day and go, come down, there's this thing happening. I want you to take some pictures. No, I didn't go to too many things. I don't think I... I might have seen a show. I went to her apartment when the, the slave winner uh, was there. That, that's where I, I took pictures of him. 
slavery. And I think I met her sister at that point. She's got a very conservative, nice person sister. Right. Uh, it's like nothing like her. <laughs> um, but other than that, it was just, she came to my studio a few times. Uh, I don't know if I ever saw her in a club or a performance, uh, except mm. for the showcase that she did. Yeah. Yeah, has she been in touch recently? Have she? Do you occasionally? No, I haven't heard from her. I haven't heard from her in years. Uh, last I heard, uh, it was like beginning of internet time. Oh, that's what it was. We had a great conversation. She was telling me about doing uh, kind of like a Zoom call, but uh, more of a texting. You know, um, I was kind of cynical in the early days of the computers, and she was saying, "I talked to all these people." I said, "You mean you type to all these people?" And she was, "Yeah, yeah, I'm talking to them." I said, you mean you're typing to him? <laughs> and I wouldn't, I wouldn't let her get, you know, I said, you're typing, you're not talking, you know? And, and so I remember having that conversation, but that she had fans around the world that she was getting in touch with. Mm. And she was pretty savvy about the internet. And, uh, and I think that's where she ended up pretty much. Um, you know, less yeah. I heard she was doing a lot of interneting, uh, you know, connecting yeah, yeah. and the, the the album after Beethoven on Speed wasn't really an album; it was an EP. <clears throat> I think it was some kind uh-huh. of digital Beethoven massacre or something. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but that the the stick with that was it was one of the first CD ROM um, uh, releases. So it was one where you'd put the CD in and it was like a more of a digital experience. But when I, uh-huh. I've seen videos of her talking about that, and she's way ahead of the game. She's talk, It's like 1994, and she's talking about Bill Gates, she's talking about mm. uh, Microsoft as an entity and things like that. And, and I think that's carried yeah. through today quite well because a, a lot of all the content now is Spotify. She doesn't release as, as many albums. She's more like, here's a single, here's like five minutes of of this this new thing, and, and uh-huh. yeah, that seems to be a shtick now. But yeah, yeah. No, I haven't I haven't been in touch with her for a year. She, I think she's out in Long Island, Huntington. Back yeah, where yeah. she grew up. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's all. That's the only questions I had about the great cat. Just wanted to see if you had any reflections okay. or, or memories that you wanted to share. <laughs> yeah, for me, it was fun, you know, because she was just so different and so intense. I like p- passionate people. I like people, you know, with a lot of feeling. And she certainly was. Uh, yeah. You know, it was like it's easier for me. Like some people just stand there and they go, "What should I look like?" You know. Yeah. Uh, she was. She knew what she wanted to look like. And uh, right off the bat, with the with the raw meat, we were we hit it off. And, and in fact, it's a very funny. I had some fake blood that I had left over from some session years ago, and we mm. put some of that on her. And uh, and I even took a glove. It was like a rubber glove, that's like a white surgical glove, and I mm-hmm. filled it with chopped meat. <laughs> so it looked dead, like but it actually had meat, you know, like a dead gray hand <laughs> that was part. It's in the bones. Like if you look at the bones in her lap, uh, there's a glove, there's a hand. <laughs> it's severed. It's filled with dead meat. Um, so I got kind of creative, you know, and then I had that picture in my kitchen for many years. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that says something about me, but I just like the intensity of it. You know, she was, yeah. she was out there. She's a real, for lack of a better term, she's a real motherfucker, you know, and I think like yeah. it, certainly. <clears throat> yeah, well, there's, there's guys like that, you know, and they just take it for granted. Like, oh, yeah, he's an obnoxious guy. But you don't find obnoxious girls. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, especially loud ones like that. Like, yeah, I mean, we live in a post Liam Gallagher world as well. So it's like people uh-huh. are quite happy to say, "Look, you can be an absolute twat if you want, as long as you're delivering the goods." And Cat does deliver the goods. It's yeah. she's always been, "Look, let's cross over these two worlds and let's deliver some good music and get people into classical." And she hasn't mm. stopped. It's relentless. Mm. So mm. it just it shocks me that she's not. 
she hasn't got the profile that she deserves really mm. in my opinion mm. yeah yeah and it, well i don't know maybe because the record company couldn't accept it either you know uh, yeah they were i gotta, very, very, I gotta explain it to the president then what's he doing signing her in the first place well actually he didn't roadrunner did right yeah it was steve ricardo um in fact he, he got the first tape when he worked at oh man somewhere out out east it wasn't in effect that was a different one anyway yeah he was he was, first he got the tape then she flew out from new york to la to meet him uh-huh. and then he was like I, I can't actually sign you but i really like it <laughs> he didn't send uh-huh. like a rejection card he just went i like it let's uh-huh. you know let table everything for now i'll come back around to it when i can and then um that's how she got onto roadrunner but i think case understood the angle that's uh-huh. his thing he's not a metalhead he's he's an opera guy um but uh-huh. he, if he doesn't feel the vibe he wow. won't sign them, but I guess this is the thing. When he he'll he'll effectively sign them blind, so he'll have heard the great cat, heard the shtick, and gone, yeah, fine. But it, obviously, it takes a few years before um, he realizes, you know, she's not really getting on with people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, most people couldn't take it. Um, you know, she uh, it, it was she she knew I understood her, so she wasn't really abusive to me. But um, yeah. if people didn't get it, she was quick to attack. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and people weren't used to that, especially, like I say, from a woman, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tom Von Doom, the bassist, sent his regards, by the way. Which one? Oh, from her band? Yeah, yeah, the bassist. Very tall guy. Oh, yeah. uh, I don't remember him, but it, who was it? Um, oh, look at who was it? It's a girl from the gallery, right? Who's married to one of them? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a, a very uh, upscale, like one of the best photo galleries in New York. Mm-hmm. And we were talking to this woman and getting to know her, you know, on a photo level and everything. And then one day we were talking, and it turned out that her husband was like a bass player or a drummer for for the cat. <laughs> like, really? Because <laughs> she's, you would never expect it. Like, you know, she's totally normal looking. And yeah. I was like, really? Your husband with a cat? How long? Because you know? <laughs> really, those drummers came and went. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I've, I've got one more question for you, and I ask everyone this. Have you ever seen a ghost? A ghost? A ghost. Well, not in a spooky white sense, no. What other sense might you have seen one? Uh, I, I've never seen a ghost. Or maybe you'd call a presence of something spooky. <laughs> right, just a general vibe. Uh, a friend of mine used to have a house near... Well, a friend of mine used to have an old house nearby that had been a rooming house and there was some rooms upstairs. And when you walk by one of those rooms, your, your hair would stand on end and it Just didn't matter room. what you were thinking or how much you ignored it. And you knew it was an empty room and there was nothing there. There was this freaky spooky thing that everybody who went past that room felt. It. Anything special about that room? Or was it just, we don't know. It was like, you know, there's rumors that somebody might've died or whatever. Sure, um, sure. But but it was an old house. Nobody really, you know, had a actual history. Uh, but I do remember that totally spooky thing. And then um, I know, I, I mean, I'm not. Uh, I live in this world, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, actually, I, my ex-wife used to see ghosts and things, and spirits and things like that. And we were in a big old house that her father had rented for the summer, uh, um, a kind of a mansion. And I was up on the top floor. And, Every morning, her mom and her would talk. Did you see the little girl with the candle coming down the stairs and shit like that? Mm-hmm. And I had a, a very ugly picture of Jimi Hendrix 
It's a really raunchy picture. I just actually found it on eBay and bought the poster again. And I had that poster right inside the door because it was kind of room where you walk in and you see a wall and then you turn left and the, and the room is there. Yeah. But right on that wall, I had this Jimi Hendrix poster. No ghosts ever bothered me. <laughs> no <laughs> girls were handled. Nobody came in there. That Jimi Hendrix poster kept me safe. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. That's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, man, I'm going to let you go, but thanks very much um, and, and congrats on the book. And you're, okay, you're well, incredibly... Yeah, man, you're incredibly articulate and your memory is impeccable. And I'm glad you've um, taken the time to record it on paper um, for us all to enjoy. Um, what I'll do yeah, is. Yeah, a lot of stories, like the cat was really interesting, but um, I had a good editor and I could only put in stories that actually went somewhere where it was more than a paragraph or two. Yeah. You know, um, so, so there's a lot of things I left out. <laughs> yeah, fact, sure. All I, mean, I, I wrote the book, all, I, all I'm thinking about is everything I left out. The thing that's quite poignant about it as well is like, because now we live, one thing this virus has sort of shown us is we can decentralize quite effectively. Mm. Locations don't matter in terms of working. And and like, if you wanted to photograph a great band, you wouldn't have to go to New York City anymore. You could probably find them anywhere. I have friends who are doing virtual photo sessions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like they're they're having their friend put a camera up in front of themselves and then they take the picture when they think the person looks good. You know, uh, and you're not even there. I mean, if one friend is doing beautiful work like that, uh, Mm. a few people. And your book is very sort of, um, uh, it's kind of an epitaph to the era where geography mattered. Mm. Anarchy in the UK, New York City, the Tokyo bits is like the center yeah. of these scenes. And it's like, yeah. well, the scenes are kind of the scene. Well, the scenes won't ever die, but there will be, I think there's going to be a mass decentralization and people realize it's not all happening in one place anymore. Well, my wife <clears throat> pointed out that the pandemic of 1918 and 19 was followed by what is known as the roaring twenties. So that's a, Positive Here we go. Keep in mind. <laughs> yeah, get some extra film in your camera and uh, start. Yeah, so there'll be things coming up, you know, someday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks again, man. I'll, I'll send you the link to the, uh, the the Martin Downey Jr. show I was talking about because I found oh, that'd it. That'd be funny I, to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so interesting that you were there. I, I found that yeah. fascinating. I thought I found like a, a proper gem, like an isolated incident. But you're all over it, man. All over yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I did it a couple of years. She was good. She was fun. Awesome, dude. Enjoy the rest of your day. Okay, take care. Thanks very much.